We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Wire Network. We are brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here, as always, with Jason Pat. We just watched The Last Dance. The first two episodes wrapped up just minutes ago. Jason and I figured we got to get out our mics and uh, talk about this docuseries, which obviously I think every sports fan has been anticipating uh, for the last few months. It's coming out at just a perfect time with everyone trapped in their house in quarantine. Uh, I thought the first two episodes were awesome. The first thing I'm going to say, Jason, is that first episode absolutely flew by. Uh, It was an hour-long episode, but it felt like it was done uh, in the blink of an eye. Uh, The second episode, we got a little bit of a deep dive into Scottie Pippen. That was cool. We got a lot of Jerry Krause hate. We got Barack Obama described as a former Chicago (laughs) resident. Amazing. Uh, lots of fun stuff from the first two episodes. What do you think so far, Jason? Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. I was definitely going to bring up that Obama thing. I, I didn't even realize that like when it, when they first showed him and then like go on Twitter and just people are just like roasting that Barack Obama, former Chicago resident. I think they did that with Bill Clinton too. It was like former Arkansas governor. It's like not even like former president. That was hilarious. But yeah, in general, obviously people have been just like just waiting for this. This has been such, such highly anticipated uh, docu-series, 10 parts, and the first two hours were fantastic. Just obviously, in, uh, I wrote was part of something at Bloggable today where we published just like growing up with the Bulls dynasty. Like, we were super young. I mean, we're both around the same age, and we were, we were like 8, 9, 10 years old when the second three-peat happened. That was 10 years old when they it, during this last dance season. So, like, I mean, as a kid, like, you don't, like, like you just you're just like an excited kid. Like your your home team is fucking dope, and they just you see them win championships all the time. You just 
that's awesome. But like, you don't really know like all this deep stuff that happened. Don't really have that appreciation. And like, and over the years, like I've obviously like read books. I've like read Jordan biographies, read stuff. We've talked about it. We've had, we had some great podcasters on talking about Bulls history, learning some of this stuff. But so just to like revisit some of this stuff and to get this just deep, this behind the scenes footage and, all this insight from so many different people, from former players, coaches, media around there, from Barack Obama, from all these different people, was just was absolutely awesome. And and it's nice how this doc is not just – it's obviously not just on the last dance. It's going back and forth. We saw some of the stuff with Scottie Pippen's – like his like upbringing, his big family, and like and just – like some of the stuff with this contract was incredible and like why he signed that long-term deal. What well, we can probably talk about that a bit more later. Uh, it was just crazy. And obviously we knew some of the stuff with Jerry Krause and we knew that Jordan Pippen and Phil all hated him. Uh, we know that Krause and Reinsdorf, I, I kind of, I think we had, we, there was, it was definitely going to be kind of like Jordan Pippen, Phil versus Krause. Reinsdorf was going to be like a big theme of this documentary. Obviously we saw some of that play out with the contract stuff, with trade demands, the way that second episode ended with Pippen, the talk about Pippen basically just like openly, just like personally berating, mocking Jerry Krause. Like I tweeted, like, like imagine a story like that leaking these days. Obviously there's some crazy stuff that comes out these days, but like you're going for a three-peat and like the star player, future Hall of Famers on, the, on a team bus just going after Jerry Krause over and over. Like that would be absolutely wild in like today's age. So like that kind of stuff, that stuff was crazy to see and obviously just like the jerry Krause is such a complicated figure and we can talk about that more what do you what were some of your main takeaways from these first two episodes well my favorite part so i guess like what i'm looking for out of the yeah. series is just stuff i didn't know because i too have you know yeah. read a bunch of books on this period of the team uh i remember the last three pete pretty well i was born in 1987 so uh, i was a kid during that but obviously i was like super invested in it my parents have home movies of me uh <laughs> announcing the bulls starting lineup and like running through the kitchen making goggles with my hands when i pretended to be horace grant as a young kid and uh you know i don't think that we w- i certainly would not be doing this profession right now did i not grow up in the 90s in chicago with the greatest basketball player of all time in my hometown. So uh, being so familiar with it, I was really just looking for stuff I didn't know, I think. And the first thing that jumps out to me is Jordan telling the story of how hard his teammates on the Bulls were partying when he was a rookie. Like they paint Jordan as this guy who is just like totally innocent. You see the the footage of him doing laundry, washing the dishes, living like very much like a college kid lifestyle right after he got drafted into the NBA. And the interviewer in the documentary asks him about the nickname for the Bulls at that time, which was apparently the Traveling Cocaine Circus. I didn't know anything about that. So I really good. don't know a ton about that part of Bulls history. I know Orlando Woolridge was the best player on the team before they drafted Jordan. Uh, they also had Charles Oakley. So Jordan tells this story of him as a rookie walking into a hotel room, and Jordan says, quote, I don't drink, or he says, quote, I don't smoke, I don't do lines, I don't drink at that time. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jordan has a glass of liquor next to him at the table, present day scotch. Yeah. Present day Jordan's got some scotch next to him at the table. It's just getting lower and lower and lower. And then at a certain point, it looks like you refilled it. So I love that. Uh, just all the like the small details 
behind yeah. the larger myth making, I think is what's going to make this so awesome. And really like through these first two episodes, we haven't even seen a ton of the exclusive footage that we're promised so far because we're still in sort of like the build up to the story. Yep. I think that there's going to be a lot more behind the scenes stuff and a lot more eye catching footage that we haven't really seen yet. Uh, this was essentially laying the groundwork, laying the origin story for Jordan, for the bulls. And the origin story is almost always so much fun. So I, I really enjoyed the first two episodes. Yeah. That, that cocaine story was hilarious because on, he said he like walked into the hotel room and it was like, we got our lines over here. We got our weed over here, and we got our women over here. And he's like, "Man, I'm out. I don't do any of this." I was like, "Jordan, are you lying? Are you or, like you were just? It was just like a young, innocent Jordan." And I don't know if I'd ever before that when they were showing like his when he was in college in North Carolina. I don't. I don't know if I've ever actually like heard a freshman or a, like a young Michael Jordan talk. And like I feel like his freshman year when he talked, like he sounded he was like a country boy. Like he sounded so much different than he does now. Like. When he was, by the time he left North Carolina and went to the Bulls, he kind of sounded like he does now. Just kind of funny to hear a young, like soft-spoken country boy Michael Jordan talk as a freshman. I thought that, that was, how he does now. I thought that was funny too when they were telling Pippin's backstory, which happened at yeah. the beginning of the second episode. Uh, you could hear the Arkansas and Pippin's voice, and definitely still in Pippin's brother's voice, Billy Pippin is interviewed throughout this and. Uh, Scotty Pippen's own backstory is just like totally harrowing. I'm sure most people already know it already, but he was one of 12 kids. His father had a stroke, ended up in a wheelchair the rest of his life. His brother got paralyzed in a gym class wrestling accident uh, two years earlier. Pippen talks a little bit about that, but then they interview his brother, Billy, and uh, the, the Southern accent in his voice, I thought was just like really funny and really cool. Yeah, it definitely was. That was definitely good. Some good insight from his brother. I think it was was it Pippin's friend. He w- gave a great quote. It was like I think it was like Scotty always thought he was going to go to the NBA, and like the friend they asked the friend like, "Did you ever think so?" He was like, "No, definitely not." Because <laughs> like I mean, he definitely was just like a from a small town. I think it was like thirty five hundred. He was I think was the manager at Central Arkansas. Was that right? His first year there, something yeah, like he was that. Like, like a walk on, and he first yeah, because he was like yeah. he was like six foot six one. Like he was, he was obviously skilled, but like he was, and then like, oh, I can't remember which year it was where he blew up to like six, 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 seven. He just grew a ton. He still had the same skills and he just turned into a freak. And obviously the Bulls did well to work that da- draft day trade to get him. Yeah, One it, of the good things that Jerry Krause did, obviously among the, all the other questionable things. But yeah, I mean, yeah, seeing the Pippen backstory, because I feel like a lot of people do know the Jordan backstory, like the whole getting cut from the varsity team as a, I believe it was a sophomore Obviously, a lot of people know that story, although I think that gets told like differently. Like a lot of people think think like he got cut as a freshman or like on the freshman team. It's I believe he was trying out for varsity as a sophomore or something like that. And he got cut. But a lot of people know the kind of the Michael Jordan backstory. But to see the Pippen stuff was very interesting. And I think we can maybe take that into just there was obviously a lot of the stuff about the Pippen contract. I didn't know that much about like the Pippen, the long term deal that he signed in 1991 and kind of how that all played into uh, the contract negotiations over the years and like how he was upset with his contract. And there was, we, obviously we've talked about on po- other pods about the trade rumors. Like there were multiple times where he was part of trade rumors, but he signed, I think it was, they said it was a seven year, like $18 million deal in 91. This was like before players were making that much. So he was locked in long-term to this. I mean, I mean, obviously back then, not many player salaries were that high, but that was for one of the best players in the league, like nothing. And like, it was almost kind of sad hearing him talk about why he signed that deal because of his fit, that upbringing, like his family was 
was poor, even though I think his, I think that his brother had that good quote. It was like, you know, we didn't even feel like we were poor, but Scotty like wanted to provide for his family. So he locked himself into this long-term deal. And then there was like the Jerry Reinsdorf quote about like, uh, that like once you sign the contract, we're like not really going to come back to you. And like, and that's really complicated because I don't know all the CBA rules. I've seen some people tweeting about like how re- renegotiating contracts can be kind of difficult and the Bulls didn't really have the cap space. But I think a lot of that stuff with Pippen is super fascinating because obviously we just don't know his story as much. So like I know a lot of people know that he's underpaid and Pippen should have been paid a lot more. Uh, and we just I, I didn't really know the stuff about him signing that long term deal in 91 and why he did it. Uh, that was just kind of really interesting. Yeah, I want to talk about, you know, the other central figure of this docuseries. And uh, he definitely got a lot of screen time in the first two episodes. That's Jerry Krause. Uh, yep. Krause is positioned as the bad guy throughout all this, the guy who broke up the dynasty. Some of these quotes are just absolutely insane. Like it, early in the documentary, as they're setting it up, it's like showing that what Krauss really wanted was credit. And it was so easy to see the parallels between, uh, you know, Gar Foreman and John Paxson during the Tom Thibodeau era, when it seemed like they really wanted a lot of the credit for the team's success when everyone in the media was giving it to Tibbs. Uh, very similar situation happening with Krauss, uh, where Kraus, Kraus really believed that uh, he could like, he wanted to prove that he could do it without Jordan, without Pippen. He really wanted to rebuild the team. Jerry Krause yep. was like dead set on rebuilding the Bulls when they were winning championship after championship after championship. Jordan has the quote after the 97 finals where he's like, well, shouldn't someone have to beat us first before you blow it up? He's like, we'll lose and then you can reassess it. But we just won the fifth, our fifth championship. So it's absolutely crazy. The Kraus was so dead set on rebuilding the team. And it's all because he wa- of his ego, right? He wanted to prove that uh, he could build another championship team without Michael Jordan, without Scottie Pippen. And we had Jack Silverstein on a few weeks ago. He's been writing great 90s Bulls stuff uh, for the last few months. He has a newsletter. Follow him on Twitter. Read Jack. Subscribe to his newsletter. It's terrific. And the one he sent out today asked uh, what he considers the central mystery of the dynasty. And it was, why did Jerry Reinsdorf have loyalty to Jerry Krause instead of loyalty to Michael Jordan? And that is just such a good way of framing it. And, you know, that has been really uh, a storyline since the, the Bulls were breaking up in the late 90s. And uh, he could have fired Krause at any time, right? Like right. Jerry Krause was middle management. So they're painting Jerry Krause as like this guy everyone hated. But at the end of the day, like it's Reinsdorf. All of this is on Reinsdorf. Krause was middle management. He didn't actually have all that much power, but he did because Reinsdorf was so willing to just step away, let his people handle it. Uh, And God, that is just like, it's mind numbing, isn't it? That these guys were so hell bent on rebuilding the team just so they could get some credit. Imagine you you just won your fifth title in seven years. Like Jordan is still like, not quite the peak of his powers, but still MVP level. And you're talking about rebuilding. Like that is absolutely insane. Like you people talk about rebuilding now, like would when people are always like, Oh, we got to blow it up, blow it up. That's when like a team is lost in the second round for like three years in a row. Like we were talking about like the, like the uh, team, like the Raptors when they finally, when they traded DeRozan required, we're always blow it up, blow it up. Like they've run it or like the Blazers. Now, like people talk about that kind of stuff. We're talking about a team that just won the fifth title in seven years. You have Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. And you're talking about, blowing it up and rebuilding like that is like you said absolutely mind-boggling absolutely insane yeah there was a lot of just interesting in the quote, uh, right the quote 
on Phil when Phil signs his contract. Uh, one oh, yeah. million dollar deal right. in the summer of 1997 after they won their fifth championship. And Krause says, even if you go 0 and 82, you're not getting your fucking job back. Just like, why? 82 and 0. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Even if you go yeah. <laughs> and job back, just like unbelievable. That's incredible. Like announcing that before the season, like this is it for Phil. Like how I couldn't even imagine somebody doing that now. Like you're talking about a championship winning coach, a dynasty coach and saying that he's done before a season even starts. Like this is it. Like that's absolutely just, yeah, just wild stuff from them. And it was obviously just so complicated there with, and and you talk, go back to that question about why did Jerry pick Kraus over all these other guys? And I, I don't think I knew the story, the story about, I might have read this in the Jordan doc. I probably did, or the the autobiography that I read, but I didn't remember it. Just about how that how Kraus became the GM. Like he was basically a scout for the White Sox, and he kind of just wanted the job, and Jerry just kind of gave it to him. Like obviously, Kraus did make a lot of good moves. He built, he helped build this dynasty. Got Pippen, got Grant, some of these other moves. He got Tony Kukoc. He discovered him, but like how he got the job to begin with, and then kept it that long despite. <laughs> like all his tension with Jordan, with Pippen and Phil. And they also, they did talk about the, the organization's win championships quote, which is, has allegedly been, was kind of out of context because Krauss claims that like it was, he meant organizations as a whole, which means like including the players. So like, but that just goes back to the, him wanting credit. Like it's just all about that. He wanted the credit and he didn't think he ever got enough. And he always wanted to show that he could build something without Michael Jordan. And that's why that, that just kind of it seemed like it kind of drove the whole thing. Yeah. So now they've hinted at the next episode a little bit that that is going to be the start of the rivalry with the Pistons. So that's going to be super awesome. I'm sure we're going to. Yeah, I think Rodman is going to be a key problem because he was on those Pistons bad boy teams. Then obviously he comes later. That should be really interesting. Uh, before on, before we continue, let's do the uh, quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, sells hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas right to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. That's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. So use that promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Okay, let's talk about some of our other favorite parts of uh, the first two episodes of the documentary. First one I'm going to bring up, Scottie Pippen delaying surgery yes, after yes. their 1997 championships. And, he, you know, they show him, they interview him, and Pippen's like, yeah, man, I'm not trying to fuck my summer up. So that was like him <laughs> sticking it to management. He was out until, I think, December or January. Uh Absolutely hilarious that that was his way of sticking to management. Great quote from Scotty. Scotty totally keeping it one hundred. Love to see that. What what were some of your other favorite moments? Um, I'm, I was to that point. Like I I tweeted about that because that was absolutely absolutely hilarious. I think I missed it in the moment that he said that, and I went back and heard that, and that is an absolutely iconic moment. I think to that point, they asked Jordan. Jordan was definitely mad about it, and he actually called. At, Pippen selfish later so it was kind of interesting because MJ obviously loves Scotty he talks Scotty up greatest teammate has ever had but it was kind of interesting some of the criticism he did have for him for delaying that surgery 
But it was interesting when they asked Phil about that. He had no problem with it. At least he, right. that's what he said in this. He was like, he was like, you know, did you were you upset with Scotty for basically kind of sticking it to management? And Phil was like, no, like he's he's got to do what he's got to do because obviously Phil had his own problems with management at the time, so like he understood what he was coming from. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other great moments. Like besides, here's another one when they show Jordan's yeah. childhood in Wilmington, North Carolina, and they sort of insinuate that oh, I got he one. got his competitive drive from his family like belittling him like at one point uh his dad's like yeah you know i asked him for a screwdriver and he gives me his pair of pliers so i thought that that was hilarious too <laughs> oh, that was some good stuff from his dad they had some good old footage there that was that was really neat and i know he like he talked about his brothers and that's a big part of the the biograph- biography that i read was just his brothers because i i think it was his brother larry yeah. i think i think they bring him up here about his brother larry was like i think better than him in sports like growing up and then obviously mj ended up passing him but yeah just how much that they meant to him like you kind of mentioned like how they drove him and that was huge so that was really interesting uh one of the other ones i was just thinking of was uh the the minute restriction stuff that, that was a big one he broke his foot and when he pushed to come back uh, and they and they kind of teased this quote uh, a couple I think earlier like last week about the like the ninety percent ten percent like would you uh, like if you took uh, Ryan sort of gave the hypothetical like would you rather if you like took a uh, thing of pills if nine cur- cured you but one <laughs> would kill you like well like I what was the like how I can't remember what the hell the no, quote was but like bad. so yeah like. Uh, they're talking about Jordan's. Uh, w- w- wasn't that like the fifth metacarsal bone or whatever? It was. Yeah, it was something. It was a foot. It was a fractured foot, something like that. And it was basically career-ending versus coming back for, to a team that was fighting for the playoffs, but clearly not going to win anything that year. Yeah, and Ryan Storff's like, well, you know, Michael, if you got a really bad headache, and I give you a bottle yeah. of pills, and I say nine of these pills are going to make you better immediately, but one of them is going to kill you. Would you take one of the pills? And Jordan goes, depends on how fucking bad the headache is. That's yeah, that, that was it. Great quote. But going into that, when he come, when they actually, they, they make a compromise, he comes back on a minute restriction. And there was this whole thing about a game. I think it was against the warriors where like he hit his minutes restriction with like 15, 20 seconds left at the end of the game. The bulls have the ball down one they're obviously fighting for a playoff berth although that year they made the playoffs with 30 wins which is basically what the team this year was trying to do which is brutal yeah so they end up winning the game on john paxton it's a game-winning shot but it was actually i was just thinking the whole time because they they had some paxton interview stuff during that time because then they were talking about how they thought like did jerry like come down from the crowd and like tell the coach like you got to take michael jordan out of this game right now all I could think of was fucking John Paxson choking Vinny Del Negro for going over jo- Joakim Noah's minutes limit. Like that whole thing. That just The parallel that was hilarious because Paxson was involved with that game, with the game winning shot. And then he hit the, and then he was interviewed as well. So this whole time they're talking about MJ's minutes restrictions. I'm thinking about John Paxson choking out Vinny Del Negro over Joakim Noah's minutes restriction. That was that was hilarious to me. Uh, we're jumping around a little bit. But another part I liked after Jordan gets drafted, he gets drafted third overall. Even Rod Thorne, who was the Bulls GM at the time, said every team in the league would have taken Akeem Olajuwon out of Houston. Yeah. Number one overall with that top pick. Uh, the Blazers already have Clyde Drexler, so they go with Sam Bowie, of course. And then Jordan just dominates the 84 Olympics. That's a part of his career I would like to read a little bit more about and research a little bit, because I didn't realize he played in those Olympics right before he was drafted. 
uh, in that that sort of right after he was drafted, right after, yeah, yeah. and that that sort of like launched him up a level. And they say, you know, we got lucky that the draft was before the Olympics because that's when Jordan really became a star. Then it cuts to, I believe, Clyde Frazier, who has a quote on the yes. Jordan, and he goes, "Well, he's not seven foot tall, so he's not going to carry a team." Uh, it's him and Mark Eaton. Yeah, <laughs> head quotes about that. Eaton, and that I thought that that was hilarious too. Like especially to that point, much- like just think about it now, like. Like the whole like the Blazers didn't take Jordan because they had Drexler. Like you're telling me like those two couldn't play together like as basically your shooting guard and small forward. Like I feel like that's like that's having those two guys in like the NBA today. Like we always talk about like how you need like great wings. I feel like that just kind of speaks to like how different the game was back then. Because like even with those quotes, like well he's not seven one, and or I think there was somebody else who had mentioned that it might have been Rod Thorne. It was like well we wish he was seven foot, but he's not blah blah blah. But it's like. Just how how different the game is back then, or then compared to now. How, how wings are huge now, and like you need like this le- a lead lead stud guard, and like how big men are as important. And the Blazers like like they're gonna be like taking Sam Bowie over Jordan. Like even though Bowie like wasn't that bad for his career, like it's like that that goes down as an all time blunder because they they had Clyde Drexler and they didn't think that Michael Jordan and him could like coexist and they wanted to take a big man instead because big men were so important back then. Like I feel like Elijah, you obviously can't fault the Rockets for taking Elijah on. They won two titles, hall of famer. Great. But I mean, the Blazers will obviously go down in history taking Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan is one of the all time great blunders. And I feel just the thinking back then compared to like today, like I feel like it's, it's uh, shows how different the game was. A couple other funny parts. How about Bill Clinton talking about how yes. he knew Scottie Pippen was going to be a great player out of Central Arkansas at the NIA <laughs> level? That was just like totally insane. Like, of course, Bill Clinton was what the governor of Arkansas, but it's like, yeah, that's how they. That's how I think that how they introduced yeah. him was governor of Arkansas. But it's like, could you imagine Pritzker showing up and being like, this "Paul <laughs> Reed kid from DePaul is going to be the next great player"? So outrageous! So I thought that that was hilarious. Then back to Pippen's contract drama. Them actually putting the number on it, saying he was the 127th highest yes. paid player in the league. I'm not sure exactly what year that was. I think it might have been 98 because that was the last year of his seven year contract. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was hilarious too. Uh, pretty crazy, I think, to hear MJ reflect on the racism he experienced in the South as a kid growing up in Wilmington. Uh, you know, it almost seems like you you don't think about like that part of of Michael Jordan, I guess, or a lot of people don't. But seeing him acknowledge that, I thought was really powerful as well. Yeah, that was that was a huge part of that the Michael Jordan the life biography. Of- from Roland Lazenby, a huge part of the beginning, just his childhood and his family growing up and his with dealing with the racism there. They even, they even go back in that book to like Pat, like way long time ago, like his deep family. So that was really interesting. And yeah, definitely interesting to hear that here. Uh, yeah, obviously you don't really hear that much about that kind of stuff. You have to go deep, deep, deep dive into these other books and into the Lord to really hear that kind of stuff. So to, Kind of hear some of that on the, on a mainstream show like this was definitely super interesting. Uh, one other interesting, another big part. Uh, I think this was in the second episode. Um, was the the Celtics series uh, that was this was after when he comes back from that foot injury in his second season, and I didn't realize before the sixty three point game that he had a forty nine point game in game one. I don't think I realized that. If I did, I totally forgot about it. And then there's the anecdote about him playing golf with Danny Ainge. Uh, between games one and two, which is kind of hilarious, was like, one, I feel like a big ta- talking point these days is about like how oh well like players are too buddy buddy these days, 
Uh, but and then here we have a story about Jordan playing an opponent, a playoff opponent, playing him in golf the day before, like a game two. I, I feel like that's kind of crazy. Like I, I feel like if somebody, I feel like LeBron did that against like an opponent today. Like I feel like people would go wild. But he basically told him like before after that that golf round that yeah, I got something special for you. And then he goes out. And it was, it was a great, just great montage of Jordan highlights over. I don't know. I don't know like rap music very well, but it was a g- great song over oh, this montage. Yeah. It was Jordan absolutely roasting the 1985-86 all-time great Celtics team. I know some people will say all oh, those guys like are weak, def- like compared to like now. Like all the, oh, these are like chump defenders. Like the defense sucked, but to, to have MJ come out in his second season, he had missed most of the regular season, coming out and just destroying an all-time great team like that. And was absolutely awesome to see. After after he told Danny Ainge on the golf course that he was going to do it. I know they lost, they got swept, but that was a thirty win bowl team against the, one of the greatest teams of all time. So that was absolutely awesome. Uh, I got one more memorable moment. How about that fake Kenny Main Sports Center? Oh yeah, for State Farm when they like overdubbed his talking, and it seemed like Kenny Main at first was it was a clip, a real clip from nineteen ninety eight, where he was basically like saying how the dynasty was going to end and how everything was going to finish out. But in reality, it was a State Farm commercial overdubbed from an old clip. I thought that was awesome, too. Uh, that's about all I... Yeah, I was I, I was so confused. My wife was confused. And I think that one point about this, just like my wife watched this with me. Like She's like not really into sports, but I think she was like really... She was kind of into this. At least it seemed that way. So I feel like this is just like this whole thing, like... It's just going to like, oh, I feel like open a lot of eyes, I hope. And just like, it's just like in- interesting even to just like non-sports fans, just to like, because people obviously know about Michael Jordan and these Bulls teams. And obviously part of this, we saw just like how big the Bulls were in Jordan. And we've talked about, I was thinking about this when they were showing this, when they went over to Paris uh, and we saw just like all the Bulls jerseys, all the Michael Jordan jerseys, just how big they were. They were rock stars. And we've talked about how the Bulls are a global brand, like, how and it's and how it's so unfortunate how they've fallen so hard. Like we just like how, what they used to be, just so popular, just all across the world, and now they're they're where they are now. And it's just like it's just kind of crazy looking back on that, and to see just like how far they've kind of fallen. And it was even like whatever when Derrick Rose was there. Obviously, they were still pretty big, but obviously we're talking about the last decade or so when they've fallen on hard times and we've shit on them plenty. So just kind of the look back on that was just kind of crazy because they were they were huge. They were everyone knew them all across the world in Paris. They were rock stars. Everyone knew Michael Jordan. There was that image of I don't know if, who that was where some like French Jew was trying to get his autograph while MJ was like getting a fit or getting like dressed or something like that. And like they were like, no, you can't do that right now. But just all this stuff about how just like how big they were and how big a deal they were. And it's like it's as Bulls fans now and what we've seen in recent years and how critical we've been. Like we. Like just imagine, like my my wife even said, like, oh, I really, I would love to see like the Bulls get like a player like Michael Jordan. Like, obviously, it's not gonna be Michael Jordan, but see the Bulls be really good again and like have that kind of excitement because it'd be so much fun. I'm like, yes, like it was it was so cool when that happened, and we've been waiting for that so long, and just been it's been so bad. And obviously, we see the stuff with Kraus and Reinsdorf is still the owner, and I feel like some of the stuff we see here with Reinsdorf and with Kraus is kind of. And you kind of mentioned it with Foreman and Pax and some of the parallels there. Like we understand why that some of these issues are have still been with this franchise, but it's the same ownership and it starts at the top. So like, it would be great to see the bulls get back to the glory days. It was like rewatching this has just been so awesome to see just how huge they were and just how much fun they were. 
one another part I just remembered that I thought was interesting. How about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird saying that Jordan was the best player in the league in his second season? This was like during 86 when the Celtics had yeah. a great team, greatest Greatest team of all time, according to Celtics fans. Uh, so that MJ getting the acknowledge, getting the acknowledgement of his greatness so early in his career. In I've gone back and watched, like you know, the '93 Finals. Of course, everyone's got the Bulls DVDs of uh, those. Run. Oh yeah, and I remember in an NBC intro, Bob Costas in '93 was already calling Jordan the best player of all time when he was only 28, and he was, you know, he was on the brink of his third championship. So. Uh, just like the immediate recognition of MJ as the GOAT really struck me. Like, I feel like that could almost never happen now, right? Like, even if there was someone to come along who's going to be better than LeBron, better than Jordan, like, obviously, uh, no one would say that in his second season. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Bobby Knight, I think, called him at at the, you mentioned the Olympic thing, was I think Bobby Knight was the coach. Uh, Bobby Knight called him the best player he had ever seen, like, at that time. And like, which is absolutely crazy. Like it, it was just, and it's just crazy to think that Jordan did end up going like whatever ended up going third because I feel like everyone could see how good he was, but I guess they just didn't totally realize it. And again, with the league being more like big man dominated, that kind of just like brought him down a bit. But like, I feel like people kind of knew that like he was going to be so special. They just didn't quite know how special. And there was some good Roy Williams stuff in there as well. Uh, there was that quote, what was it like MJ could turn it on and off. But he like, but he was he never was turned it off, off, or he was he never freaking turned it off. Yeah. I think was the thing. It was something like that. Roy Williams had some. Had, I always I always forget that he was an assistant at North Carolina at that time under Dean Smith. So some seeing some of that stuff from him was was kind of cool too. Really good first two episodes. I can't wait to watch the last eight parts. It flew by, uh, so. It's going to be great. We got the next two episodes coming out next Sunday. Something to look forward to. I'm sure that we'll be recapping every episode here. Uh, I'll probably do a recap tomorrow at Espionation, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, really good stuff and lived up to all my expectations so far through the first two episodes. Here, Are you glad that it, this isn't like a binge event? Are you glad this is spread out a bit? Because I know I've talked with like some friends, like, oh, I could like watch all. I saw Zach Levine tweet, like, oh, I could watch all 10 episodes now. And like, sure, I absolutely could. But I'm kind of, I'm still kind of glad that it's kind of spread out because, especially since we're still out of quarantine and all that, like, I feel like it does give us something to look forward to every Sunday night. And it gives us, uh, I guess, more, more content every Sunday night to talk about. What, what do you think? Would you rather just watch them all, like, whatever, 10 episodes an hour? Are you happy that? It's kind of spread out. I'm happy it's spread out only because we're all locked inside our house. I would probably want to stream it all together, but because there's no sports going on right now, it is sort of nice to have something that's a communal experience that we know everyone's watching. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I definitely could have, you know, plowed through at least another episode or two tonight, even though it's already pretty late, but it's sort of cool having it come out two at a time. So uh, that's solid. Absolutely. I'm trying to think if there's just any last final thoughts I have here. Um, I don't think so. There was a whole, one of the things I tweeted about. I know we're going to hear, I think, about MJ. Was, I feel like he. one of the things that was a big thing that was uh, talked about coming into this was like how MJ was going to look like a dick. They showed some of that when they were talking about the Scotty stuff when he was hurt and like Jordan had to kind of like really take over as that leader uh, and he was kind of a dick to players. And we, one of my favorite parts is when they – when he side-eyed Scott Burrell, and I think we're going to see more of that later because I think that was a big talking point coming in about how he rode Scott Burrell that entire season, and we saw that on the bench 
uh, like Scott Burrell asked him something and Jordan just like basically fuck off. So that was kind of funny. I think that that'll be something to look forward to moving forward. Uh, just, just seeing that Jordan just kind of open up and seeing all sides of him because like, I know like he, he, whatever he, we found out that he basically held this, like he didn't sign off on this until, what was it? LeBron beat the Warriors in 2016. Supposedly was the story that came out. So they've been hold- obviously they've been sitting on this footage forever, and then he finally decided to say yes. And it sure seems like we're going to see a lot of good stuff here. Uh, and it's not just going to be like like puff piece MJ stuff. That we're going to see some some real raw, real stuff here. And it's, I think it's going to be super exciting. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the, the fact that this. I don't mind that it's spread out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and, it's, and it gives us something to talk about for a while. Like who, who knows how long we're going to keep doing this. Who knows? There's really been no update on the NBA coming back. Like the, uh, there hasn't been much bull, Bulls news in their front office. Like I know Karnaschovas is trying to hire a GM, but we don't know about that. We don't know about Boylan yet. There's really, we know the Bulls interviewed Michael Finley, but like other than that, we got nothing else really to look forward to right now except for the last dance stuff. So it should be, it should be awesome. And uh, this, these two first episodes were definitely, were definitely great. And yeah, I think that's about it. You, you got anything else? We good. That wraps it up. All right, awesome. Um, yeah, next week again. Next two episodes of, of Last Dance will be next Sunday. I'm sure we we will probably be talking about that then. Uh, if there's any Bulls news that comes up in between, if the Bulls do hire a GM, I'm sure we'll do an emergency pod for that. Uh, but besides that, um, as always, thank, shout out to Blue Wire, Blue Wire Network. Go listen to all the other great pods on the Blue Wire Network. They're, there may not be sports be going on right now, but we're still putting out tons of content uh, for us. Rate and review us where you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Bet Online. So for Jason and Ricky, this has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, if you haven't watched The Last Dance, please go watch it. It's awesome, and we'll look forward to talking to you guys about it next week for the next couple episodes. Take it easy, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.